Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Where else would you rather be than right here? Right now! Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey Bills fans, welcome to this recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and we are going to discuss this absolute turd of a Bills loss today against the Kansas City Chiefs in Buffalo, 26-17. We'll go over our thoughts of the game. We're, we we have some thoughts on this game, and I think we're going to try to make it a little bit lighthearted because it was a pretty depressing game through most of the game. Um, we're going to have fun with it, though. We're going to have some fun. we got some stats of the game, our plays of the game, and as always, our wall of famers and wall of shamers with some help from our followers on Twitter. We're also going to do a weekly po- our weekly podcast giveaway, but first, I'm joined by my co-hosts, John and Mike. Fellas, last week, you could have used some excuses as to why the Bills lost, right? I mean, you had crazy average drive start positions, like the Titans started from their own 46, whereas the Bills were starting from their own 17 on average. There were lots of turnovers by the Bills last week. There were injuries to some key starters. And playing in, t- in Tennessee, whatever you want to say about the the change in scheduling, blah, 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 COVID-19, all that stuff. So I guess we went into today, you'd hope that, you know, the Titans punching the Bills in the mouth last week would have gotten this team, you know, pissed off to play this week. Maybe, maybe not win against the Super Bowl champion Chiefs, but, you know, put up a, put up a good fight. And they got Trey White back and they got John Brown back from injury last week or this last week. And, uh, you're hoping they'd find their footing and get back on track, but instead they just played completely uninspired football against the Chiefs tonight. They came out flat-footed. They were missing physicality on both sides of the line on offense. They couldn't get a push. They couldn't get any good running lanes for Singletary. On defense, they couldn't stop Chiefs running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from gashing them on the ground. I mean, he basically did whatever he wanted with them all game. And... You know, Patrick Mahomes was Patrick Mahomes. He didn't have to throw for 400 yards because they're running the ball so well. But even even he had a great game against the Bills. Allen couldn't get the passing game going. And into the fourth quarter, he only had like 66 yards passing. I mean, we were hoping that last week's loss against the Titans was going to be a set a setback game in an otherwise MVP season. But this game was was just it was so much worse than last week for. For Allen and the Bills, they were out coached, they were out plays, and now they are four and two in the season because of it. So, John, I'll, I'll go to you first. Um, what were your thoughts on today's loss? Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like last week, we had excuses, right? We had the 
it, it felt like a fluky game. The Tuesday game and the scheduling changes and um, players being injured and everything else. But this week, instead of excuses, we have reasons why they lost, right? Um, the the run defense, I mean, last week they were great against Derrick Henry, right? But this week, totally the opposite. Maybe they're too much focused on the past. Patrick Mahomes, understandable. They did hold the Chiefs to under 30 points, 26. That's that's not bad against the Chiefs, right? Um, you know, you're talking about the Bills losing last week and trying to trying to come back. Well, the Chiefs were in the same position. They they lost to the their a division rival, the Raiders. Um and they came back with a great game plan this week. And, you know, they got outcoached, obviously, by Andy Reid. Um, they had a great offensive game plan. Um, you know, you, you know, you say they dropped to four and two. And what's most concerning is that the Dolphins are now only a game behind, I guess, a game and a half because we beat them. But um, that's not a great thing to think about going forward. Luckily, they have the Jets next week, right? So this weird, it was weird because, you know, we talked about injuries. Matt Milano was out this week. I knew that that was going to be an issue with covering Travis Kelsey, and it clearly was. The Bills gave up two touchdowns to Travis Kelsey. Um, out of the gate, I mean, they, they got Trey White back. The, the Bills, they, they, have, they have no playmaking ability on their linebackers right now. Tremaine Edmonds, he's battling with an injury. He's not the same as he was last season. Um, A.J. Klein is mostly, I, he had a couple of good plays tonight i mean kind of sort of he had that one you know he punched out that that ball against travis kelsey and and you know got the at the end of the first half um which we're going to talk about a little bit later but uh, it was a it was a play it was it was a deeply troubling series of plays because it led to a a wide completely wide right kick by tyler bass it was a 52 yard field goal mind you it was a very long field goal but i mean he wasn't even close to making that one um that one barely stayed in the camera on both sides so um, AJ Klein has been mostly disappointing this season. This is the first time I saw anything positive from him as a linebacker. I and mean, they're just, they're just missing. They're missing things up front. They're missing things in the linebacking core. And then they had penalties late in the game with the Tredavious White, this stupid, um, late hit, late tackle. And, and then Jordan Poyer followed that up a couple of plays later. I mean, they were, they were just undisciplined by the end. Um, at least you could say in the beginning of the game, well, you know, they didn't have a lot of penalties. Well, they made up for it by the end. <laughs> they made sure that, uh, that they kept that drive going for the Kansas City Chiefs longer than it had to go, and uh, yeah, Mike, what do you what are your thoughts on on today's loss? I think you guys are way too negative, way too negative. There's no such thing as a moral victory, but the Chiefs are the defending Super Bowl champions, right? Mahomes, one year removed from league MVP, probably the best player in the league. Um, the Chiefs this year have beaten the Texans by 14, the Ravens by 14, the Patriots by 16, and the Bills. I thought they they got beat all game, but they were in it at the end. And there was that one fumble that got overturned, right? And if that call goes to the Bills' way, it's a completely different game. They would have won by one. Get that fumble and score a touchdown. Like, that's when that happened. I was jumping around and cheering and like, this is all going to come to fruition. This is amazing. But so disappointed with the final outcome, but I'm excited they. I'm surprised that you guys are so negative on them when they played them tight to the end, but for a play or two. And, and I think we're getting into the weeds a little bit. We pull back and look at the force. It was fun watching the Bills back-to-back nationally televised games. I think they're in the ascendancy. Um, the, the Patriots lost right this week, which is huge for the Bills. They're still in first place in the AFC East, and I'm not worried about Miami like it seems like you two are. 
you know, to be fair, I am not nearly as negative as I was last week. I'm speaking, John. <laughs> Mute his mic, Nate. Mute his mic. <laughs> I'm sorry. It sounded like you were finished. And one other thing I wanted to add was one other thing I wanted to add was you know I, I did think the defense, despite the flaws in all the rushing yards, that they you know oh 200 plus whatever in this net great you know Andy Reid great time of possession everything else they held them to 26 points. It was the Bills' game to win for their offense, and Josh Allen just did not get the job done. You you know, he was inaccurate. Um, it felt a lot more like he regressed, and, you know, uh, he was off target. Um, you know, he had some good yeah, runs. but down, When the Bills were down with 13 in the fourth quarter, he was 5 for 5 on that touchdown. Like, there was poise. Too I mean, little, too you late. You saw the, the rain coming down, like, in sheets. Like when they went to that overhead cam, and you're like, "Why are you going to the overhead cam? I can't see anything." <laughs> like yeah, it was, it was Mahomes. A Mahomes was like 22 it. of 26 or something like that, and he had two in two drops or something. Like it, you can't blame it on the rain. I yeah, the rain. The rain clearly didn't impede Patrick Mahomes do, from having a great game. Do we, do you guys disagree that the Chiefs are the best team in the league? I'd say they were no. definitely one of them. No, no, they're definitely no, one of them. No, the Chiefs are the best team in the league. Yes. And if not the Chiefs, I would argue, at least in the AFC, the Ravens are like, like right there, the Patriots, and the Chiefs just manhandled those teams more than they certainly did the Bills. So like where we've been, I, I think it was fun, and it wasn't in my mind, not a blowout at all. They were in it in the fourth quarter, and a player two goes their way. Who knows? It's, that's the only reason why I'm not more negative than I was last week. I mean, the one thing that really, really sucks in all this is both the Titans and the Chiefs have a game up on the Bills, and then you got teams like the Steelers, which we haven't played yet, and uh, the Ravens that are all going to be in it. So, like, you know, obviously the the division title is still with within reach, but like having um, a buy or anything like that is severely jeopardized because of the last two games. Yeah, no doubt. I agree with you there. Um, I didn't at the beginning of the season. I don't think we had them beating the chiefs. I don't think we even had them getting the buy because in order to get the buy, you have to be first place in the AFC. Cause they only give away one buy with the new playoff seating structure with seven teams getting in only one team gets a buy. So um, I'm I'm happy with winning the division personally. Well, I had the Bills going 16 and 0 before the season started, so you know, John's already John's already very disappointed. <laughs> Two more losses already than he thought that we'd have the entire season. Um, I, 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 I just setting yourself up for disappointment, right? Like, what is desire? Like, a zen, zen desire is a contract you make with yourself to be unhappy till you get what you want, and nobody's ever gone 16 and 0 and won the Super Bowl ever. It's never happened in history. Not saying the Bills can't do it, but like I just you, want to be better enjoy than the yourself week Dolphins. Week. <laughs> yeah, John just wants to be better than the 72 Dolphins. Mike doesn't want him to want for too much. Is that Zen? Is that what it is? Is that I, w- I want to we're trending in the right direction. Things are things are good in Buffalo. No doubt, no doubt. Sean McDermott, two of the last three years as as coach, playoffs. And I am positive he's gonna make the playoffs again this year um but you know it's it, it's you know it's gonna be let down now and then you know you, not, you know I, you, you expect as a fan you want to win every single game right 
nah. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, of course. But to, to that to that point, anytime, anytime you lose, it doesn't matter if it's the Chiefs or anybody or how how if it's by fifty points or three points, it, it's excruciating because you you want to win every game. You lose, it doesn't matter how you lose. Oh, I I think it's there's something to be said. It, like if if we got him again, it. If it's fifty to zero, feels a lot different than losing by nine. Like if we saw them in the AFC Championship, we'd be like, "Ah, oh, hopefully we learned something last time and can play them tighter and and pull it out." Like we were right there. Yeah, but I mean, we've said before, there's if no Milano victories, comes back. Right? It's wins and losses. You know, there's no more victories, right? I, I I get it that they're headed in the right direction, and and they looked a lot better this week than last week. But I mean, maybe that says more about the Titans than the Chiefs. I don't know. I think to Mike's point, like it was, it was very close to becoming a a, a closer game with that Clyde edwards Lair non fumble. Like that was that was big. The, the fact that that didn't go the Bills' way, and it shouldn't have. Um, but if that did, I mean, the Bills get the ball on the Chiefs' thirty yard line, and you're talking right after scoring a touchdown, right after marching down the field like Josh Allen did, they have a chance to really get in that game and possibly. I think they were down by thirteen, right? So if they get the touchdown. No, and, they, they were down by six at that um, point. I'm sorry, six. I'm sorry. They were down by 13, then they were down by six after the touchdown. So they could have potentially been up at that, that point. Was like, yeah, that was you, they fall unstoppable that, in that brief moment in time. <laughs> and and to John's point, this this defense kept a minute, like the bend but don't break defensive philosophy. What's, what's one thing that can get so close to bending that it feels like it's breaking, but it's not broken. That's what the Bills' defense was. Like it's like within like a millimeter of just like, just like a, a slight breeze, and it would have broken completely into a million pieces. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good analogy. It's, it's been like that all year, really. I mean, like you know, the best they've been is the first half against the Rams, but you know, we saw what the second half brought. I, I feel like. You know, obviously there have been some injuries, but they're not the same defense they once were even just last year. And the only players they've lost were Alexander and Latoule. Um, So I'm not really sure outside of those couple of injuries. Shaq Lawson and and Jordan Phillips were big losses, it turns out. I I, I guess so, right? I I mean, we we thought that Addison and some of these other pickups were going to make up for that, but maybe not. Yeah, we thought um, Harrison Phillips would be a welcome addition coming back from his ACL injury, and he was a healthy scratch tonight. Um, Trent Murphy, the guy, the the whipping boy of of Bill's Mafia, the defensive end that had a $9 million contract going into the season, we're like, why would you why would you not cut him and save the money? And they're like, oh, it's not about the money. It's about the play. And then he was a healthy scratch tonight too. And it's just like they brought up two guys from the practice squad in Justin Zimmer and Brian Cox Jr., and uh, and I thought that they had more plays than uh, Trent Murphy and Harrison Phillips normally do, oddly enough. Um, I wonder if some of that would have been different if it would have been not for COVID. Like, they wanted to keep as much continuity as possible. So they said, you know, we'll keep Murphy and some of these other guys around just because they're familiar with the defense and this and that. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely part of it. And the problem is, though, because it's $9 million, if they had cut him, they could have they could have potentially – save that into the cap next year, which we don't know exactly what the cap's going to be. But right now we only have $2 million in cap space in 2021. So signing a Matt Milano, a guy on your defense actually is an impact when he's playing makes it tougher if you don't have that money. So um, people were saying that uh, on Twitter, that it maybe there's a possibility that they trade Trent Murphy. And that, that this was the reason if, if I was another team, I would absolutely not trade for Trent Murphy. 
and take on the remaining salary cap. Um, that doesn't make any sense to me if I'm the other team and giving up a, a draft pick or whatever, maybe a player for player. Hey, uh, take we'll take your um, lackluster player for our lackluster player <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. Um, maybe Milano will be cheaper because he hasn't been healthy. Yeah. Oh, good point. Good point. You're right. If it wasn't a COVID year, or if it wasn't, if if continuity wasn't more important this year than any other year, then yeah, I could see that. All right, let's go into our stats of the game in today's loss. Stats of the game. They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. So you're telling me there's a chance. All people can come up with statistics to prove anything, Kent. 40% of all people know that. Let's start off with Josh Allen. Josh Allen was 14 for 27. Uh, just barely 50% completion percentage. 122 yards passing. Two touchdowns and one interception. One interception being basically unimportant interception at the end of the game while he's trying to drive down just to score, even though they were down by two scores at that point. But still an interception nonetheless. Leading rusher for the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, eight carries for 42 yards. Um, mind you, this was a Kansas City defense that was bottom of the league against the run. Um, they were like, I think, 30th ranked against the run. But the problem with the Buffalo Bills is, as we found out tonight, they are terrible at running the ball. <laughs> so um, they were, before tonight, they were last in the league in rushing yards for running backs. And you have to divide that out because if you just go by rushing yards, they don't look that bad. But if you go rushing yards by running back, well, then they were one of the worst. Um, so they continue that trend. Devin Singletary had 10 carries for 32 yards at 3.2 yards for, per carry. He couldn't get anything going on the ground today. Um, and then Zach Moss had five carries for 10 yards. Uh, two yards per carry. Leading receiver for the Buffalo Bills, Stephon Diggs, six receptions on eight targets for 46 yards and one touchdown. We also had Cole Beasley, the second leading receiver for uh, for the Bills, for four receptions on seven targets for 45 yards and one touchdown. And then you have like, you know, four or five other people with one reception. So not even worth mentioning on that side of the ball. Now, before we get into the Kansas City the very depressing Kansas City Chiefs stats of the game. Um, guys, how many more yards, total yards, would you say the Kansas City Chiefs had over the Buffalo Bills in today's loss? I'll start with John. John, how many more yards, total yards, do you think the Chiefs had over Buffalo? i say more than double. I need a yard. You, you want a number? <laughs> do you want to go 2x you want to do just multipliers 2x <laughs> the square goes 2.1 <laughs> times pi uh, um 200 i don't know okay mike above me 201 201 it was 260 yards more than the buffalo bills <laughs> The Buffalo Bills had a total of 206 yards on offense. The Chiefs had 466 yards of total offense. Time of possession, the Kansas City Chiefs had the ball for 37 minutes and 11 seconds. The Bills had the ball for 22 minutes 
So uh, almost exactly 15 minutes more than the Buffalo Bills had the ball the entire game. That's what happens when you can't stop the run. <laughs> you had, um, now on, on the Kansas City Chiefs side of the ball, Patrick Mahomes was 21 for 26 for 225 yards and two touchdowns, zero interceptions. He had only five incompletions on the day, just to show you how good Patrick Mahomes is. And like John mentioned before, only two or three of those like out of those five incompletions were drops by the receivers that hit him in the hands and they just didn't catch it. <clears throat> Rookie running back for the Chiefs, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, had 26 carries for 161 yards, zero touchdowns, 6.2 yards per carry. Now, the Bills' defense did a really good job of stopping Josh Jacobs two weeks ago. They did a good job of stop, stopping Derrick Henry last week, especially Derrick Henry, who had like over 200 yards against the Titans this past Sunday. Um, they had they had absolutely no answers <clears throat> for the Chiefs running game. And mind you, this was a Chiefs offensive line that was missing some key pieces. Uh, Mitchell Schwartz, their right tackle, went out in, in the first quarter. They were missing some other pieces in the interior, and it didn't even matter. I mean, the Bills just could not get any push. They could not take advantage of any of these players that were out for the for the Kansas City Chiefs. DeMarcus Ware or DeMarcus DeMarcus Ware. DeMarcus Robinson was a leading receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. Five receptions on six targets for 69 yards. Travis Kelsey had five receptions on seven targets for 65 yards and two touchdowns. Travis Kelsey was everywhere today. I mean, minus that fumble, I mean the guy had an amazing game. And the Bills continue to get eaten up by tight ends week in and week out. Last week it was Jonu Smith. Uh, the week before, it was Darren Waller. I mean, the Bills just can't seem to stop tight ends. Of course, with Matt Milano out, it doesn't help. And then Byron Byron Pringle had two receptions for 46 yards on two targets. I will say Tyreek Hill only had three receptions for 20 yards on three targets this week. Um, and I and I obviously I wasn't paying attention to who was covering him, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was if that was mostly Tre'Davious White's work this week. Of course, they didn't they didn't need to give it to Tyreek Hill because. <laughs> They could basically give it to everyone else um, and run the ball over the Bills. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. After we get back, we'll go into our Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers for today's loss. So stick with us. We'll be right back. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smart Water Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this podcast comes from Smart Water. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smart Water Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smart Water Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Welcome back to Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. This is our recap show. I'm your host, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us. I am with my co-hosts, John and Mike John, let's go into our Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers segment brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. So, John, who do you put on your Wall of Fame 
for today's loss. Wall. Dude, it's got to be the punter, right? He was crushing it today. Pinning the Chiefs back, booming punts. I mean, since since Mormon, have we seen such good punting, right? Well, this week, no. But like previous weeks, yes. <laughs> that's that's interesting. That's sad. That is sad. That, that is like a very Mormon-esque wall of famer because um, I feel like he would have made it very often in the 2000s. In the aughts, as Mike likes to call them. Um, Mike, who's on your wall of fame? Jeez, I agree with John. Bohorquez, he had four punts, 213 yards. Four. What stuck out to me, though, was four punts and four ended up inside the 20, along of 59 yards. And he's just seems to be improving week to week. And it's nice to see. Man, we always used to joke for years and years about the, how the Bills would never seem to pin a team back. Um, it's finally starting to happen. It's it's making a difference. Yeah, I got to go Bohorquez, as, as weird as that sounds. Four punts for a 53.3 yard average. I mean, that's just that's just really good. And and give and hats off to the to the special teams coverage unit. They did a great job of getting down there for those long boots and uh, and really didn't give them any wiggle room to return the punt. All right, let's go into our wall of shame for today's game. Shame. 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 Wall of Shame also brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. There was, uh, man, there you could just like wave a broad stroke over this loss and just say, oh, this, you like, like the defense. I'm going to give it this week specifically to the run defense uh, for today's loss. Um, I think that the Bills specifically benched Trent Murphy and Harrison Phillips to kind of send a message to the locker room. And I don't know if it really did that. I think it had the um, opposite effect this week with how poor they played against the run. Um, they just couldn't seem to get out of their own way. And um, I think that we're truly looking at this defense as a whole is really not being as good as the stats would, would assume they were last season. Now we talked a little bit about this last week in the um, portion of where we talked about the, the Bills defense in 2019 and how it was a top three defense. And then I went over all of the, all of the opposing offenses they played last year and how they weren't that good. They were like bottom of the league, basically. And I averaged all of those guys up. So if you average up every team that the Bills played, the, their ranking on offense, they basically played the 20th ranked offense all season, last season. This season, they're truly being tested on defense and they're just, they're just failing. The last two weeks, the Titans and the Chiefs have exposed all of the issues that the Bills have had going on the past, at least this past season, and have given a blueprint to a lot of teams going forward on how to beat the Bills. Now, whether those teams can actually do it or not is one thing. Obviously, the Jets next week are not the Chiefs this past week, um, but that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Mike, who's on your wall of shame for today's loss? I can't disagree with anything you said, Nate. For me, though, it was... And I, it, it makes it tough because I'm a big fan of these guys, but Tredavious White and Jordan Poyer for the unnecessary roughness penalties is just oh, backbreaking and inexcusable in the fourth quarter when the game was still in jeopardy. It just it's undisciplined. It made no sense. It made no sense for that. Those are guy, two guys that don't normally do those things. And it was just like they were frustrated, but it wasn't even like the game was out of reach at that point. That game was still very well, it wasn't winnable, but it was. They were able to get back in it if they had stopped them on that drive and gotten the ball back for Josh Allen. 
And they didn't. And instead, they committed two 15-yard penalties almost back-to-back. And yeah, that's a good one, Mike. John, who is on your wall of shame in today's loss to the Chiefs? Yeah, so I mean, the defense are, is obvious choices. I was, I was going to, my initial inclination was to go with the run defense um, or the defensive line. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm going to go with Josh Allen on this one. He was terrible today. And uh, the defense held the Kansas City Chiefs with the half billion dollar quarterback to only 26 points. Josh Allen needed to put more points on the board, and he he was just off today, and it, it didn't work out. Um, so I have to go with Allen on this, even though I think with every other week I went with Allen for the uh, wall, wall of uh, fame. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he gets my shame this week. Um, I don't know, like you know, w- with this loss today, and like looking at back at the last you know few games of the season, like. What are the biggest needs for for the Bills? Um, is it is it defensive end? Is it like another defensive position? Do they need another player in offense? Like the season were end today, you know, how would you rank their biggest needs? Ah, oh, that's such a good question. Um, there, especially with today's loss being so fresh in my mind, I would be. I, I there's there's several different positions. I would say linebacker is one of them because you realize the their lack of depth that the Bills have in their linebacking core. I mean, AJ Klein is funny. When AJ Klein was signed, one of uh, one of our good friends over at uh, the Locked On Saints podcast, Ross Jackson, who's a cool guy, he does a great podcast, and he tweeted at us when we signed AJ Klein. He's like, you know, you're gonna love this guy. He's great. And then in the comments, you know, because he tagged me in the tweet, I could read all the comments. People were like, yeah, just don't let him, you know, cover a running back out of the backfield. <laughs> And it was just like, I mean, EJ Klein does not appear to be having a good season. He just seems like such a liability, not only in coverage because he can't cover, but because he never seems to make a tackle when it's important. And he had, he did have like a good play this week, obviously with the, with a punch out for Travis Kelsey. And I was like, oh, that's good. I'm like, that's funny. I haven't thought anything positive about AJ Klein all season. I'm like, that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing because most other players on the team, I could say, well, at least they've done this or they had this or that. And I I would say linebacker is a huge need, especially with Tremaine Edmonds battling an injury and, and not playing that well. But I could easily see defensive line. I could say offensive line, <laughs> areas on the offensive line. I think I think the Bills are set at center and left tackle on their offensive line, but I think anyone else could be replaced by somebody with better talent at least at this point right now. And defensively, um, Ed Oliver's dealing with an injury. Jerry Hughes, I mean, nobody's getting to the quarterback. No one's sacking anyone. Um, so I could say defensive tackle, defensive defensive line, offensive line, and linebacker, if I could just name three. <laughs> Mike, what about you? After today's loss, who, what's, what's on your biggest list, the biggest need? I think it's defensive line help. I just... With today's game, you need to get pressure on the quarterback, and the just the the Bills can't do it. Maybe that's another thing. Maybe the reason why AJ Klein can't make a play is because the defensive line isn't doing their job up front for him to actually shed blockers because they, he because he's taken on too many blockers. John, what would you say? Yeah, definitely defensive line, specifically in a, a you know a defensive end edge rusher, um, especially for teams like the Chiefs, where you want to play a more zone defense, I think you want 
to have a really good pass rush with your front four so you can drop your guys back. Um, you know, you, you mentioned A.J. Klein, the linebackers, and, like, my first instinct was, like, oh, Klein had a good first game, I thought, and then I realized it was against the Jets. Um, it but doesn't, doesn't count. Yeah, right. So, I mean, obviously they need more depth there, right? So Milano's hurt, and Edmonds has been playing injured. Um, and cornerback depth, too. You know, White missed a game. Wallace is on IR. Norman, you know, is their third corner, I think, maybe fourth. I, I don't know where, you know, he, he and Taron Johnson fit, but, you know, nickel versus, you know. But, you know, the depth overall, I guess. And, but definitely, they definitely need a pass rush. I think that's first and foremost. As far as the offense goes, you could always use more offensive line help. Uh, you, the jury's still out on, on Zach Moss and being that, you know, um, dynamic to Singletary to, you know, you know the Frank Gore, if you will, a younger Frank Gore, because he's been hurt. Um, but, you know, yeah, that I guess that's where I stand. Definitely pass rush is number one for me. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, especially with the last two games, like I mentioned, they're, these teams are exploiting the Bills, so I feel like it's easier to find out where the Bills' weaknesses truly are. And there's just more, there's a lot more than I think we realized than at the beginning of the season. I would even throw tight end in on there as a weakness. Um, geez, coaching, coaching. Can we replace coaches? Jeez, <laughs> um, it was a poorly, like I mentioned, it was a poorly uh, coach game as well. The Bills just couldn't get anything going offensively. People singing Brian Dable's praises the first four games. I mean, there's, there's just nothing to show the last couple of games to really give you a lot of confidence. Mind you, these were two really good teams. So, um, you know, he was tested. Um, but I don't think he showed us anything. I mean, the flea flicker was kind of cool. I will say that the flea flicker was kind of cool. Um, I always love a flea flicker. <laughs> I love me some flea flicker. Love it. Love it. You ever do the flea flicker in Tecmo Super Bowl? I love it. It's so good. <laughs> Is that your go-to? Is that your bread and butter in Tecmo Super Bowl? It's, it's, it's always one of my plays. You know, you got to have that motion coming down and oh, it's, oh, it's so good. Even when Josh Allen overthrows again, <laughs> overthrows John Brown of the end zone, Stefan Diggs or whoever, then that was a close pass too. It was close. You yeah, that's tough. You know, I mean, you know, obviously you were saying, you know, obviously they're out coached, but you know, Andy Reid, you know, he's a, he's a Hall of Fame, he's a Hall of Fame coach, right? Like, there's no denying that. Yeah, Andy Reid is a very good coach. I will not take that away from them. So, all right. Um, what did you guys think about the Fox caricatures? <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to go first? Did, did you know they were doing that? Have they always done it? I haven't really paid attention. I've seen them do it with baseball. They were doing the, I saw the very briefly the National League uh, Championship Series, and they had all the, the players, like I guess, drawn out by someone. Um, and they carried it over to their NFL coverage. And I, it's, it's kind of, it's interesting, right? We've dealt with the, the I guess you'd call them the Fox robots <laughs> or the cyborg <laughs> like they, they actually named that cyborg cletus <laughs> cletus <laughs> the cyborg and it's just like right like there's no rational connection to football no reason to justify that that robot's existence like what are you doing um i think we agree on that um, um real quick i was that, just that, curious what you guys thought about the uh caricatures well before i get to the caricatures cletus has been around for almost 20 years like before when he first came out you're like oh well that would be cool in the future they've almost they've almost used him so much he's in existence now like he's literally almost on the field because of how long they've been using 
that same stupid robot. <laughs> um, yeah. The caricatures I thought were a little. It's like this seems like someone's. It seems like how somebody would use for their Twitter avatar. You know, like like that's how people like. You ever have an ant or something on Facebook that like uses that as their profile picture instead of their actual picture? Like it's just I don't I don't. Eh, it doesn't do anything for me. What about you? John? I feel like they're trying to go for like a comic book feel, but didn't quite it didn't quite land. I feel like like portraits and drawing was big like from from whenever humans settled in say 150,000 years ago until we developed photography. Then we developed photography and that's infinitely better. Like that's what we have, like right? It used to be the photos of the players and then it was like them actually doing dynamic like they moved a little bit. And like, oh, this is cool. Like, that's what he looks like under the helmet or whatever. I don't like better in football where you may not know. Whereas, like, you know what LeBron James looks like. You know what um, maybe basketball, like Jordan looks like maybe a little bit more. But football players like, oh, I don't know what this defensive tackle looks like without his helmet. So, oh, here's a picture. But the characters, good point about the the comic book feel. But I, I wasn't a fan personally. I didn't no, think- I, I I agree with that for sure. Like I, I, you know, I feel like you know I'd rather know what Travis Kelsey looks like instead of like the the three inches of teeth that they showed gritted <laughs> across the screen. Yeah, I didn't think it added anything. It didn't. It didn't make my experience any better. It's like one of those head scratchers. Like, wait, I, okay, all right. Are they trying to appeal to a younger crowd or something? I don't. I don't. And I even so, I don't know how that would do it. <laughs> like, I don't. It's, it's not like a filter or anything that I, I've seen on like Instagram or something. I don't know. No, right? Stay off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys think about Aikman? Oh, my God. Aikman and Buck are terrible. <laughs> you know Buck is going to the Hall of Fame? For what? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Doing what he's terrible at? <laughs> Aikman, though, what a brown noser, like just constantly shitting on the bills. Uh, he always does that. He must have. Uh, I don't understand. You beat us twice in two Super Bowls. How would you be? Why would you be upset about that? If anything, you should give us the benefit of the doubt. I think he's still bitter over that. I don't know what there's to be bitter over. You just he was us. overrated. He was I think that's what he's bitter about. Uh, Emmett Smith was overrated and Aikman is overrated. They're, they had a great offensive line and Michael Irvin was great. I think the, the, the two of the triplets were, were a little overrated. All right, well, let's get into our wall of famers and wall of shamers uh, from our followers on Twitter. If you're not following us on Twitter, please do. We're at CTWBot, which is at Circling the Wagons Pod. We're also on Instagram at CTWPod as well, so follow us there. Uh, Mike Taylor wrote in. A, a few people wrote in before I actually tweeted out. So normally what I'll do is I'll tweet out, you know, who's on your wall, who or what is on your wall of fame or wall of shame in today's victory or loss. And like three or four people like, tweet me before that and be like i'm going to sleep soon screw this game i'm going to give it to you now before the game's over so uh for those people that are constantly doing this for us and constantly contributing um i'll give them an exception for so mike taylor writes in um he said i'll give you my wall of famer wall of shamer early here because i'm done watching this dumpster fire (laughs) he wrote wall of famer Corey bohorquez that's it Wall of Shamer, literally every other player, the defense was pitiful, the O-line was complete garbage, Allen regressed to year one, bad calls, and stupid penalties. Emmett 21 writes, all right, let's get this over with. Wall of Fame, he, he just he leaves it blank. 
like 10 dots. Wall of shame, the run offense, the run defense, the pass offense, the pass defense. Something needs to be done. I guess I guess you really just have to come to terms in your mind. Is this just a bad game against a good team? Or is this a bad game and the Bills are trending towards having a bad season? I think based on our conversation, I don't think it's the latter. I think the Bills just had a bad game against a very good team. Um, and, not, and not a terribly bad game, just a bad game. Um, just like last week's bad game wasn't absolutely terrible. It just was bad. They were all bad. And I think that we're dealing with expectation of how we thought the season would go. But I mean, still 4-2. and two, I mean, we're still in it. And I'm kind of thankful that the Jets didn't fire Adam Gase yet because um, I don't want those players thinking that they have to prove how good they really are once Adam Gase is actually fired against the Bills this next week. <laughs> um, well, hopefully it will be the Jets. I did, language is important. And to say, oh, we're still in it. The Bills are in first place. You're right. You're right. Good. They're still in it to win first place. With, in the, with the, the Jets up next. Like yeah. they do have a, a a tough schedule ahead, but and the be- Dolphins only a game behind. The Dolphins nipping at our heels, Mike. <laughs> like we have some chum just slathered over him. We have our feet over the boat. <laughs> and the Pats are two games behind, which is good, but we still play the Pats twice. <laughs> Bills Blitz, <laughs> Bills Blitzkrieg writes, Wall of Fame Justin Zimmer. He will be starting next to Oliver soon. That's an interesting. Now, that's a hot take. That's a hot take saying that Justin Zimmer will be starting next to Oliver soon. He had a pretty decent game, all things considered. Wall of shame, Taron Johnson. It's time to let him go. He's lost out there. Taron Johnson has had a very disappointing third season. I mean, you could usually, he had, he had a rough season last year, but you can at least say, well, it's a sophomore slump. He was injured. He did, he dealt with some injuries last year and the year before. Um, this season, he doesn't have that excuse. He's just playing very poorly. And unfortunately, like was mentioned in, in some of the podcasts last week in the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network, is that sometimes you don't have better solutions. Um, you know, we'll, we'll say, it's like, it's like Schrodinger's, Schrodinger's cat, right? Except it's for a player on the bills, right? So you do Schrodinger's cat for like, slot corner it's like well obviously saran neal is better than taron johnson because taron johnson stinks it's like well actually they could be worse they could be much worse <laughs> you know at least taron johnson is you know sometimes tackling the guy after the guy always catches it what happens if the guy's four yards behind and all of a sudden that guy gets uh, 20 yards down the field <laughs> the receiver so it could always be worse never think that it's uh it's not the case and uh Exactly. If if you suggest that we need to get rid of Taron Johnson, who are we replacing him with, right? Or like, oh, fire Leslie Frazier. Well, okay, who are we replacing him with? Uh, you know, we're oh. bringing back Rex Ryan and all that, and you know, drama and goodness slash not goodness, <laughs> right? Well, I mean, like there's there's yeah. there's you could say that with any position. Okay, AJ Klein, right? Okay, we can get rid of AJ Klein, but who are we replacing him with? We need, you know, we need to know who, right? Or B needs to know who. I'm sure he does, and he thinks probably Klein is the best option right now, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Sometimes there's just not a better option on the roster necessarily. <laughs> it's just that's what we have. Let's hope that they play better <laughs> or anywhere else, right? So you can poach somebody off a practice squad or something, but okay, so you got to wait a week or two or however long it is with the protocols now to to figure all that out, but. 
a lot of the time you gotta you, you have to make do and sometimes you, you really do have the best player available, right? That you can play that week in that position and that's what you gotta do. Yeah. Yep. Well put, John. Andrew Ensing wrote Wall of Shame, the third down defense. Wall of Fame, the Stefan Diggs touchdown catch. Yeah, that's a Stefan Diggs touchdown. Did I miss Sweet Sassy Molassie plays of the game? Sweet Sassy Molassie, get out the checkbook and pay grandma for the rub down. I did. Oh my goodness. How the heck did I forget that? Let's do our Sweet Sassy Molassie plays of the game real quick. I mean, it's a loss. Who cares, right? Who cares that things are a little bit out of order? Um, do you guys all just want to do the Stefan Diggs touchdown? Do you, do you want to just do that? Stefan Diggs touchdown? Make it easy? Sure. For me, it's got to be Beasley's touchdown. I thought it was just as good, like his effort after the catch. And maybe it's recency bias, but like that put the game within reach, I thought. So, like to take nothing away from Diggs, it was, his was spectacular too. But it was awesome seeing Beasley get in the end zone when we needed it. Yeah, Beasley is a gamer, man. Like you said, nothing to take nothing away from from Stefan Diggs. Um, that, w- that was a really great touchdown. Mike Graham writes, Wall of Fame, punt coverage, and my drinking percentage higher than Allen's passing percentage. <laughs> um, I wonder if he means drinking percentage as far as like his alcohol content. Like it's like, you know, 50% alcohol or whatever. So that's interesting. I'll have to find out. Wall of Shame, our defensive line for God's sake. Looks like they were in skates against a second string line. Thank you for saying that, Mike. Thank you for agreeing with me. They are just terrible, and it brings down the rest of our team. Also, our linebackers. <laughs> Mike's like, the, everything is terrible. They're, <laughs> they're really the worst defensive line. Again, also our linebackers stink. <laughs> Chet1028 writes, if the rookie kicker kicks the field goal at the half, the Bills have the ball with a chance to win with two minutes left. As bad as the defense played all day, that's not terrible. Putting things into perspective, Megatron writes, Wall of Fame, Josh Allen's runs. Wall of Shame? Yeah, Josh Allen did keep the offense going several times. Just getting the just keeping the offense going. Wall of Shame. Edmonds and Poyer had a rough game. Game overall wasn't terrible. We showed we can hang with them, but we could have won, but we just choked. Great point by Megatron. Jason Malloy writes, now this is the fun part. It's fun It's fun to kind of have a, have a sense of humor about this stuff. Jason Malloy writes, the entire defense, Zach, I, I imagine he's doing Wall of Shame. Zach Moss, Taron Johnson, and Josh Norman should be looking for the Wall of Job postings. <laughs> Leslie Frazier is on the Wall of Shame. Absolutely no reason to be ter- so terrified of blitzing. Every time we did, we made a play. Now, that's interesting. I did not notice that during the game, but I do remember seeing that Patrick Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks against the Blitz. So I could understand why the game plan was to rush three or four and drop back, drop the rest back in coverage because of how good uh, Patrick... The, the problem is he didn't have to be that good today. He didn't have to be amazing because Clyde edwards Flair ran all over the Bills and took up 15 more minutes of possession than the Bills did. Um, OBD writes wall of fame, nobody wall of shame, Brandon Bean for providing such inferior personnel and talent and allowing the coaching staff to put it on the field. Wow. It is, there is some, uh, some anger there in Bill's mafia from OBD. That's a good point. Like if you look at the last two or three years, which I granted might not be long enough to evaluate, but how many 
draft picks in the first three rounds have been panning out for us. I mean, it's 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 not looking great. I mean, especially when you look at um, the defensive line. I mean, they they draft AJ Epinesa. I mean, he's not really contributing at all at this point. And then you have Ed Oliver, who's dealing with an injury, but he's not really living up to his top. What was he? Top eight pick from a couple of years ago. Tremaine Edmonds is struggling. Their first round pick from three years ago. Josh Allen had a rough game, even though he's had the first four games really good. Um, yeah, he has not been hitting on those picks as well. I mean, look at Cody Ford. I mean, Cody Ford really hasn't stepped up. Yeah. At first, we were all, we've been really looking at this roster and potential for a long time. And I think we're starting to see some of it pan out. Um, I'm not as low as OBD is on the personnel. I think, um, I think, I think they are suffering a little bit from the people they brought in. But yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll know more as the season goes on. Obviously, we're in the heat of the moment. We just saw the Bills get destroyed on national television. Not destroyed, but they got beat pretty handily. Um, so we're, we're obviously all emotional about it. Let's let's just, you know, we'll wait for a few more weeks before we decide to say that Brandon Bean is putting inferior talent. But, uh, but I definitely get where you're coming from. Buffalo Ceilings writes, Wall of Fame. Well, I guess I enjoyed Zimmer on a couple of plays. <laughs> Wall of Shame. Everyone not named Zimmer. Yeah, Zimmer had a, definitely a, had a few plays, a few more plays than I think Harrison Phillips necessarily would have made this past season. Wall of Shame, Josh Josh Rinkin comes in. He's right. Wall of Shame continues to be that defensive line. What has Eric Washington really done with them since he came over from Carolina? Our D-line continues to generate no pressure, but our defense as a whole was a little better than last week. Now, that's a good point, John. You, you brought up Leslie Frazier earlier. Um, I hope Leslie Frazier doesn't necessarily leave because if Eric Washington's coaching is any indication on the D-line of how well he'll coach the entire defense, I mean, we're screwed. <laughs> Our D-line is underperforming um, tremendously this season. Yeah, and I get that Like McDermott's putting his trust into his coordinators, but you would think that he would have a little bit more input into the defense in particular. Would anyone, would either of you be upset right now if Sean McDermott came out and just started taking the play calling away from Leslie Frazier like he has in the past? I mean, at this point, I'm willing to try anything. The last, the last what, four weeks, five weeks now we're going on where the Bills haven't been able to stop hardly anything? Yeah, I mean, McDermott's one of the, the few people in the organization that I would trust to take anything on at this point. Yeah, I'd be okay. I'd be okay with him doing it for a week. Maybe they need to move uh, Leslie Frazier up into the booth. Maybe he's already in the booth. Move him back down to the field if he's in the booth. Do something different. Got to change it up. Um, Nick T writes, Wall of Fame. This is voiceover Nick, by the way, for the people that listen to the voiceovers at the beginning of the, end of the podcast. Voiceover Nick writes, Wall of Fame, me piecing out of work at 4.30 p.m. to watch the game. <laughs> wall of Shame. I thought, he was, I thought his Wall of Shame was going to be like, me piecing out of work at 4.30 to watch the game. <laughs> But instead, he writes, Tyler Bass, if he made that field goal, it would have given Allen the ability to win. I like to think he would. Yeah, that was a bad miss. I will say, though, um, Tyler Bass did have that 48-yarder today, which was his career longest as a field goal kicker. So um, got to give him credit for that. But yeah, man, that 52-yarder was not even close. <laughs> I mean, he hit that one field goal, or was it an extra point? No, it was a field goal, I believe, that was so good. It like hit the top of the net, John. I think you you texted that to us and and uh, you don't see that happen very often. The kid's got a leg; he's just got a freaking he's got a he's got a uh, a freaking cannon. He's just got to get better aim with that thing. Jared Scroggins writes: 
Wall of Fame, the Bills defense, thinning out the Bills bandwagon by showing the national audiences the Bills aren't special. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wall of Shame. I, I'm not going to disagree with that right now. Wall of Shame, Corey Bohorquez, stop bringing attention to the Bills with your monster punts. <laughs> Joey V writes in. Now, Joey V is the gentleman that got that GoFundMe going for that banner that was flying over uh, New Era. Well, that's not New Era Field anymore. Bills Stadium a couple of weeks ago when the Bills were playing there that said, um, near or far, you're always in our hearts, Bills Mafia, or something like something to that effect. It was really cool. Got um, on the Buffalo News, on news channels. He was called out by the Buffalo Bills official Twitter and all the social media accounts for the Buffalo Bills. So Joey V, the uh, one of the true members of Bills Mafia, getting all that started, he writes... The pump, the punt team, and Beasley get on the wall of fame tonight. Everyone else is on the wall of shame, sadly. I wonder if Stefan Diggs would have been on the wall of fame if not for that illegal motion uh, penalty at the end of the game where it looked like he was just done. It looked like he was done with that. <laughs> He's like, I'm, I'm done with this game. I don't feel like getting injured or what. It was just, I, I don't want to say it seemed like that. It seemed like that in that play, but maybe it's because Troy Aikman was pointing that out. I feel like because. He probably saw the flag on that play and thought the play was over. Oh, maybe. Maybe he saw the flag that he created. He's just like, the, the play's over. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, I screwed up. Play's done. Okay, that's fair. I don't I don't know. I I mean, no one's attacking Diggs, so I can completely see that. I was just, I remember looking at it like, that's weird. That doesn't seem like, that's not a good thing. So um, you're probably right. I, I personally don't give him a pass there because I thought that, Jeez, what kind of signal does that send to the whole team or the just fans watching? Like, I thought it was a long pass play, or it was a a pass. I don't remember the outcome of the play. And then he he walked back at the end, like jogged a little bit, and walked, and then did not get set in time. And that was the 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 play where um, there was all the confusion, right? There was the pass interference, but they shouldn't have let the play go on. Yep. Yep, and then the Bills would have had the pass interference call. They would have had a first down. It would have been, yeah, it would have continued the drive instead of them throwing an interception on the play after the play after that or whatever. Yeah, I thought, yeah, it just seemed very uninspired to me. Gave maybe maybe he thought the game was out of reach, but Allen didn't. Yeah, yeah, that team, the team, the last couple of weeks, I would say, you know, so a friend of mine texted me before we got on, and he put it in a really good point. Um, his name's Chris, and Chris wrote, "It, it looked like." Everyone went out there tonight like their grandmothers had just died. <laughs> like it was just uninspired. They just, it's not that they, I don't want to say that they seemed like they didn't want to be there. They didn't seem fired up at any point in the game, except when they were committing penalties towards the end of the game by tackling guys that were clearly out of bounds and stopped running. <laughs> like other than that, they just didn't play with any fire the last couple of weeks. Have you guys felt that at all? You know, I wonder how different this game and maybe a couple of the other games would have been had there been fans at the stadium. So basically you're saying the reason why they didn't beat the Chiefs tonight is because Bills Mafia wasn't there at Bills Stadium to cheer on the Bills and to to motivate them. I can see that. Yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with that. That's Where's a good point. I mean, Vegas gives the home team three points, right? And a lot of that is the home crowd. Not that they lost by three. <laughs> <laughs> But a player too. Either way, I think that's a good point by John. Like, and we lose sight of that, right? Because they're making the artificial noise when we're watching the game on TV. Yeah, but the, but 
do you think they're doing a good job or you think even you know, the players are like, that's not really, that's pretty fake. Like, I mean, they don't see that the people aren't in their face. They're not yelling at them from the stands from 10 feet away, right behind them. It's, well, I think it, the noise, like the players aren't aware of the noise. I think it's just plugged in to oh, you watching at home. Oh, is it? Oh, geez. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, it's just silent. Like that's why you can hear, you know, defense can hear the quarterback, the snap count, the signals, the audibles. You can hear the coaches from the sidelines. All, yeah, all some, that. Sometimes it works into the momentum, right? Like your team gets a big sack and all of a sudden it's third and long and the crowd gets into it and like the defense is throwing their arms up in the air, get the crowd going and, you know, that whole thing. Like I think that's that's a big part of the game. For sure. You know, the, it'd, and, be, and like it'd be my, funny to see somebody like do that without any fans. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's Alan again pumping up the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> For the tenth time tonight, no one's uh, <laughs> crowd not responding. No, um, yeah, McDermott can only clap as loud as he can. You know, <laughs> I mean that was brought up before the season started. I mean these these players are used to having people cheer for them since they were in Pee Wee. Like they have less people cheering for them now at Bill Stadium than they had when they were playing when they were seven years old, eight years old. Like that's insane to think about. But yeah, really good point. Christopher Allegret writes, no wall of fame or wall of shame for me tonight. I just have one question. Where is our defense? Prime, primetime Karen. I just, I I hope that, I don't, I don't know if I hope her name is really truly Karen or if she, that's like a, um, a euphemism for Karen's being like, that's just a really funny, like, like I'm the only primetime Karen out there. Okay. <laughs> I'd like to speak to the general manager of the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Um, she writes wall of fame, Bahorquez wall of shame, pretty much everyone else. Amber writes wall of fame, Aikman, Aikman's ex-wife for saving herself from his ego and dumb takes Bahorquez because currently our best player is the punter, just like the old days. <laughs> nice. Amber. Um, she writes, wall of shame, the entire staff, because penalties, poor tackling, etc. Everyone better be running suicides on Tuesday, including Bean. Everyone. In exclamation points, she writes. Wow. Love it. Love it, Amber. This sounds a lot more emotion than the team showed tonight. I think Amber had the most likes out of all the wall of fame. It looks like she had 12 of them and a retweet. Wow. Nice. Good job, Amber. Um, Josh Allen, Stan writes, wall of fame, Josh Allen and Cole Beasley. Put them in a position to win. Too many drops. Also add special teams. I don't think I would add Josh Allen to the Wall of Fame, but um, Cole Beasley for sure. Wall of Shame, defense, and digs. That one great catch doesn't excuse that play at the end. Horrible effort. Scared scared that this is the same old Bills of years past. Somebody on Twitter wrote the funniest thing a few weeks ago when the Bills' defense was still struggling and the Bills' offense was doing great. He wrote, um, this is the most Billsy thing ever that the Bills, who have had a great defense the last three years, now have a great offense and have a terrible defense this season. <laughs> well, whoever that was, you can take um, takes solace in the fact that um, neither neither side is playing very well right now. So, <laughs> Jason Statham writes, Wall of Fame, nobody. Wall of Shame, the whole defense. You can't expect to win games when you give up nearly 500 yards of offense. Something needs to be addressed before we turn into a sinking ship. Also, can we have a normal kickoff time so I can get some proper sleep? Thanks. <laughs> Jason's writing over from the UK. So I believe he's six hours behind. So his, his game started at 11 p.m. Or 11 hours ahead, rather. Carl S. G. Hashtag Go Bills writes, 
Shame is for Poyer and Trey with their penalties. They gave up with 12 minutes left. So unusual. Diggs walking to the line of scrimmage is the mood you don't want. Wall of Fame goes to Zimmer, who was the only good player on defense. That's a that's the second mention of uh, of Zimmer, Justin Zimmer. Wall of Fame, uh, Greg Kasparzik writes, Wall of Fame, nobody, Wall of Shame, entire defense, including coaching and the guys that didn't play. <laughs> nice. Way to limit it. Um, Adam Talmadge writes, Zimmer, another call for Zimmer. Damn. Justin Zimmer, a, a, easily a crowd favorite. M. Talmadge writes, Wall of Fame, Zimmer. Is this guy our best defensive tackle now? Wall of Shame, the rushing game. Needs to be, needs to be there to complement the passing game. Absolutely. Andrew writes, he writes, Wall of Fame, Justin Zimmer again. Wall of Shame, the entire defense, excluding Zimmer. <laughs> wow. People just want to, they want to put a gold jacket on Justin Zimmer already. Um, the guy that was just called up from the practice squad. William Maloney writes, the entire staff and rosters are exposed for the frauds that they are. Coaching just awful again. Allen regressing significantly. Defense, scheme, and execution, terrible. Crazy part is they will probably win the division and host a playoff game. Allen looked lost. Now, you guys can agree with me. After the way that Aaron Rodgers played this last week in the the absolute dismantling that the Bucks did to the Packers, 38-10 to 10 over Sunday, um, do you think Aaron Rodgers is taking as much heat as Josh Allen is right now? No. In, in my bu- best Bugs Bunny. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is an established elite quarterback, right? You you can you can have a dismantling and you know not affect your entire career, right? Like Josh Allen is still very young in his career, so he's everybody's very critical of him still, right? Right, right. I wouldn't say that. I mean, this is by far his worst game of the season. I mean, that's not even close. Um, I don't. I mean. This is what we were worried about. You know, he's having these three and four hundred yard games. It's like, well, can he do it, you know, against really good teams? And then he did it against the Rams, and you're like, okay, well, all right, there might be something. And then when the defense doesn't step up, or basically when Josh Allen doesn't carry the team on his back, the defense can't do anything, can't get anything going. They can't stop anyone. And then, um, you know, when the defense isn't doing well, sometimes Josh Allen can't necessarily carry the team. So, um, there's definitely some exposure for sure on this Buffalo Bills team the last couple of weeks. Tim Gross writes, Wall of Shame is Ed Oliver. The guy is invisible without star. Wall of Fame is his replacement. Zimmer was active and made some plays. Yeah, guys, guys are loving Justin Zimmer tonight. Yeah, so how much are we missing star and uh, Alexander compared to I mean, those are really the two biggest players since last year. That were, I'm, so uh, obviously we've had some injuries, you know, Milano and 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 whatnot but um is that the difference i think i think or, with, yeah yeah i, think, I mean you've met, you've mentioned in past weeks that you know they had an easier schedule last week or last year um but i mean you know i mean they weren't this bad right like you wouldn't imagine they'd ever be this bad no i think i think star opting out this season has been a lot bigger than people really talk about and discuss um, especially when eating up defenders and stopping the run. And then you also have the fact that Jordan Phillips is lost. We're losing a lot of interior push. You know, he was, by by people's accounts, a liability in the run game, but good on good in pass rushing. Well, the Bills have almost no pass rush in the interior. Um, then you talk about Shaq Lawson being lost, Lorenzo Alexander, like you mentioned, John. Those are, those are four players 
that I don't think the Bills necessarily got one-for-one one replacements for or better replacements for, at least at this point. Now, people will say, like, you know, the defensive line is practically brand new. It really is, especially because Star's gone in, in, in the additions that we mentioned, and it takes a while to gel. They are not gelling at all right now, and they just either they're not going to or they will eventually pick it up over time or hopefully coaching will get better. We'll see. What, what are the odds Cal Williams comes out of retirement? <laughs> uh, we're going to go into odds a little bit later, John. So we'll uh, we'll talk about that then. <laughs> Unlikely. Unlikely. Uh, Dave Thorpe writes in, Wall of Fame, another week, another struggle on Wall of Fame. Beasley on the offense, Zimmer on defense. He took his opportunity well. Wall of Shame, again, hard to single one person as so many were outright bad. Poyer gets it... F- for the uh, roughness penalty. But if McDermott mentions we've got to execute at a higher level again, put him as the wall of shame. All right, I'm going to try and get in some new tweeters. Bill's Loser QB Club writes, wall of shame, nowhere near enough linebackers, or nowhere near enough linebacker run stop by quote-unquote filling, just not any good at all. Front four doesn't help the matter as A-gaps look open all day. The wall of fame the O-line for pass blocking for Josh Allen. Note, AFC Championship game opponents we played last week and today. The D changes need to be made ASAP. I would agree. Hopefully there are some actual changes that can happen to make this defense better or just schematic changes or something, anything, anything at this point. I don't care. AJ Tharp writes, Wall of Famers, Yahoo for letting me listen to the game on my drive home and the Chiefs' defensive discipline for keeping this game closer than it deserved to be. Wall of Shamer goes to all members of Buffalo Bills except Cole Beasley. Add-on, the Wall of Fame goes to Trent Murphy for making more money today as a healthy scratch than most Buffalo Bills fans make in five-plus years. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Trent Murphy made $600,000 today by sitting, sitting, uh, sitting at home. G-Man Bills fan writes, Wall of Fame, Bahorquez, Wall of Shame, the Bills defense, and Leslie Frazier. Just awful. <laughs> Mike, 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 what day is it? <laughs> writes, Wall of Fame, Beasley, Wall of Shame, the defense, and Tyler Bass. I just wanted to read that one because I love his Twitter handle. Mike, 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 what day is it? <laughs> um, Philip Whitaker writes, I don't know, man. Where were the laces on that field goal that went 30 yards right? <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. But nah, he might have been our best player tonight. Allen and Diggs had the most perfect play to lead to that kick. Bass is just so bad. Um, man, that was, that was a good couple of plays right before the end of the half. With seven seconds left, the Bills force a fumble, get the fumble back. A.J. Klein uh, forces a fumble. Josh Norman picks it up. The Bills get the ball back. Josh Allen throws a, a, a pass to Stephon Diggs. He gets the ball, goes like 30 yards, right, and uh, sets up a 52-yard field goal. And then Tyler Bass just just goes, like Philip mentions, 30 yards right. He should have just thrown a Hail Mary in that first play. Like, why why even set up a field goal? I, I get that he kicked a 48-yard dead on earlier, but, like, I mean, this is the Chiefs, right? You got to go for it. I, I would have absolutely taken the field goal <laughs> field goal kick. Three points with a chance of three points is much better to me than like a very unlikely six points. Mike, tiebreaker on this one. There's no question you kicked the field goal. 
The, the guy just kicked his career long, and he's going to kick another career long consecutively? Dude, Tyler Bass is just... Play the Kansas City Chiefs, a half a billion dollar quarterback. You got to get the points while you can. As many as you can. <laughs> I was going to say, you got to get the points exactly. That's why you go for three by kicking a field goal instead of going for a 52-yard Hail Mary. No, go for a six. Even even later in the game where they had that fourth and one that didn't look like they got it, but they, they got a penalty and it was fourth and six. Even though it was on their own 30-35, they still should have gone for it at that point. Well, the analytics guy in Sean McDermott's ear, which we do know that he has an analytics guy, says that didn't make sense. So, I mean, at least he's talking to someone. At least he's not making his own decisions. Um I don't know. I, I agree with the three points, but we also yeah. have we also have the benefit of knowing what happened and that the Bills lost and the Bills didn't make that field goal. So obviously we're going to say, well, I, I did text you before they they kicked the field goal or went to kick a shorter field goal that they should have gone for a Hill right then and there. So it wasn't 2020. <laughs> John. Uh, interviewing for the potential stats and analytics person that that talks to Sean McDermott through his headset. No, I, I can't handle that kind of pressure. <laughs> Jason the Mason Bills for Life writes, Edmonds needs to be benched. Damn near every play went right by him. To those who say Klein can't do it, he can tackle and was half a second late on that strip fumble to change the game. Yeah, Klein can tackle. He just tackles five yards past the... Uh, it reminds me of Preston Brown. He always tackles the guy, and the guy's always like he gets him like a two yards past the line of scrimmage, but the running back always gets like five or six yards past the line of scrimmage by the time he actually goes down. <laughs> Shally Samba writes, Wall of Fame, Heath Farwell, only legit NFL coordinator on the Bills side. Wow, great point. Maybe Boho and the coverage unit. Wall of Shame, everyone else. Execution and play calling was just terrible today. And we're going to end it with Matt. And this isn't even a wall of shame, wall of fame. It's just a general statement. Matt writes, did Bean outsmart himself by letting Jordan Phillips walk? We need Wallace and, Min- and Milano back desperately. I played linebacker at Army 20 years, and I'm confident. Or 20 years ago. I was going to say, that's a long time to play linebacker for 20 years. He played linebacker. <laughs> Matt, uh, Matt is 42 years old <laughs> playing linebacker at college. Uh, he said, he said, I played linebacker army 20 years ago and I'm confident I could play better than AJ Klein. <laughs> Edmonds simply has no instincts like an RB, like an RB without vision. He guesses and doesn't react. That's one thing I will say. I agree with. I don't think Matt Milano, I know he's battling an injury, but injury aside, I don't think he's picking the right gaps for when the running backs coming through lanes, at least from what they're showing on instant replay. I always seem to notice that he picks the wrong gap and the guys are running past him. Um, just not making any plays in the backfield at all this season, unlike last season. Edmonds. Is, did I, what did I say? Milano. Milano. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Can't believe I said that. Must I never say anything critical of Matt Milano ever again after having missing, missed him the last two games and missed him so much. Um, yes, Edmonds. Thank you, John. All right. That concludes our Wall of Famer and Wall of Shamer section brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Mike. Who do we have on the docket for next week? Next week, Nate, the Bills will be at the Jets. And the, let's see, the point spread. Let's 
have you guys guess? Absolutely. I looked it up, DraftKings Sportsbook and Casino, and I've got the number right here. What do you guys think it is? John, you go first. They're in New Jersey. The Bills are 4-2. and two. The Jets are 0-6. Oh well, part of me wants to take the Bills by a lot, and the other part of me wants to take the Jets by a bunch. <laughs> I'm going to say the Bills are favored. The Bills are absolutely and, favored. I can't believe that took you that long to and think that. And they're... They're favored by... The Jets are 0-6 at this point. <laughs> Nine and a half. Oh, wow. I thought you were going to say like four or five. Mike, I'm going to go under on this. I'm going to say nine or less. Ooh. Can't you see me winking at you? <laughs> or arching my eyebrows? <laughs> Actually, 12 points. 12 points. So if you were if you were to place a bet at the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago, what the Jets? The t- <laughs> John. Now, mind you, one of the reasons why I picked under nine and a half just now is that the Bills only won by ten points in their game in Buffalo in Week One. So, I mean, the teams aren't different at this point necessarily. So, um, I guess you're guessing that Josh Allen doesn't fumble twice in the red zone this time, and uh, the Bills score more points. So, I uh, twelve is a lot. 12 is a lot. Have they beaten anyone by 12 this season? I mean, to cover, I think I still think the maybe Bills it's winning. helpful to go over the Jets schedule, the games they played today. So their first up, they played the Bills, right? And the Bills won 27-17. Then the Jets lost to the 49ers 31-13. Then the Jets lost to the Colts 36-7. Then the Jets lost to the Broncos 37-28. That's the Broncos team that just beat the Patriots. And it looks like that's their closest game. So that was the Broncos and the Jets. Broncos 37-28. And then the, the Jets lost to the Cardinals 30-10. to And then the Jets lost to the Dolphins 24-0. Jets might actually win this next week. <laughs> John, shut up. So um, <laughs> I would say my <laughs> – and then they just lost Le'Veon Bell. They want to get they want to get Adam Gase fired, right? So <sighs> – I have a, it's such a high spread. I always have a hard time going for over those. I feel like I always get screwed when I do that bet. I don't think I would take the over just because I'm more of a risk averse person. John, would you take it? No, I put all my money on the Jets, man. No, okay. <laughs> Mike, would you bet the over on that one? Even though you said that they just lost by 20 points and 24 points the last couple of weeks. Bills laying 12 points is a, just feels like a lot of points. Um, but Gase is a train wreck. It seems like the Jets are playing for Trevor Lawrence at this point, right? I, I'd have to take the Bills. God, I hope they don't get Trevor Lawrence. Could you imagine how annoying that would be? And we finally get our franchise quarterback, who we think is our franchise quarterback, and they get the number one overall pick. And they pick it. Uh, anyway, but it's the Jets. They're going to ruin them, just like they did all their other quarterbacks that they've drafted. That's true. Yeah, a lot of people had Sam Darnold as the number one player in that draft, and. Now there's talk of him being traded, right? Like so much of it is the coach and the organization that you have around you. As an aside, like in in past years, especially the last, you know, during the drought, isn't it funny? Like like when a lot of times it feels like a coach is fired after they played the Bills. It's like, oh, the Bills are so bad. They even lost to the Bills. <laughs> We're going to fire the coach. <laughs> the bill- that could happen after next week too right <laughs> the bills used to be the team that if you lost to then your coach would get fired <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh they lost to the bills uh the dolphins head coach just got fired 
you know, you know, with three games left in the season, we'll be doing our weekly podcast giveaway. And if you're curious on how to be eligible for that podcast giveaway, all you have to do is leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts and mention CTW Pod or Circling the Wagons anywhere in the description or the title and any one of our other podcasts that you'd like to. And um, we will pull randomly from that each week for a winner. And this week, we are giving away a signed mini Harrison Phillips helmet. And the winner goes to... Mike Taylor, Mike Taylor, who's always in on the Twitter contest. So, Mike, just shoot me an email, a DM, a message through any of those social media avenues or or whatever, and let me know and send me your address, and I'll ship that off to you. So, congratulations to Mike Taylor. All right, well, we're going to end it on that note. Thank you guys so much for listening to us. Hopefully, you guys had some fun, and it wasn't a depressing. We like to bring some levity to these recaps, especially when they go as poorly, when the games go as poorly as they did today. So hopefully we brought that to you guys. Hopefully you uh, you guys stay tuned to the Buffalo Rumblings podcast for the rest of the week because we have a lot of guys that are going to um, discuss all the narratives of this past game, maybe some that we missed, maybe double down on some of the ones we already got. And they're also going to talk about next week's upcoming game against the Jets. So stay tuned for that. Subscribe to the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. And listen to all of our amazing shows that we have waiting for you guys. So thanks, thank you guys again for listening. So signing off for John. Hey, apologize. I said I was going to bring some mock drafts this week. Um, Laps of judgment on my part. I, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't have my my stuff together there. But uh, you know what? Hopefully, they'll be the Jets next week. For Mike, they're first place in the AFC East and undefeated on Sundays. <laughs> Nice stat of the day, stat of the day by Mike. And for me, Nate, go Bills. Four and two isn't the end of the season. And just think five and two will will sound so much better. Go Bills. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs> Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.